0: A global superstar at a boom time in sports entertainment. Money, fame, the perfect life. Or so it seemed. What our guest is doing now, it's more important than anything he's done before. We are one-on-one with Mark Merrow. This is a story about wrestling. Sort of. It's more important than that. Far more important. It's about triumphs and it's about making a difference. To know where we're at, we must acknowledge where we've been. So how would you set up or introduce the Mark Merrow story? Well, overcoming
1: adversity of tragedy to triumph. Uh, Your current trial is your future testimony. I can go on and on, brother. It's great to be on your show, Andy. I've been looking forward to this. You know, one of my goals and dreams in life is to present in Australia. So I hope somebody listening to this can open up the doors for us to speak at schools um, corporations in Australia. We went to Russia, we went to Guatemala, we've been touring all over the world, but we just haven't had the opportunity yet to go to to Australia. So I hope somebody listening out there is going to open those doors for us after they hear this podcast.
0: Uh, You're always welcome here, my friend. Now, you're an athlete from a very aged you box successfully you're a fabulous junior hockey player you played football you entered bodybuilding then you found yourself somehow inside of a professional wrestling ring of all places how did that wrestling journey begin because it was also at a time of amazing growth within the business
1: you know my story is uh like i said it's it's It kind of be in the right place at the right time. You know, the weirdest thing happened. I I went through a a long period of my life where I was involved in drugs and alcohol, uh, 10 years drug addiction. And I had a, but I was making a living uh, in construction, you know, building swimming pools. And I had a bunch of friends over my apartment. It was a, a Saturday afternoon. And we're one of my friends had the remote control. And he's flipping to the TV channels. And he landed on professional wrestling. Now, like you said, I've always been a good athlete, OK? So I said, whoa, whoa, stop it there. Let me see this. And as we're watching the television, I go, hey, guys. I can do that. My buddies busted out laughing, man. They go, are you? Now remember, I'm 30 years old at this point in my life. Okay. They're laughing. They go, those guys are so big. They'll, they'll pick you over their head and throw you right out of that ring. I said, no, I'm telling you, I can do that. My other buddy goes, Mark, you're 30 years old. What do you do? Start a pro career now? And I said, those two words I share with everybody and everywhere I go, I believe you have to believe in your dreams and goals. So, and mine was just that aha moment that 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 um, you know, just seeing that made me realize that's that's me. I could do that. But anyways, now now you got to take action towards your goals. My action was where's a wrestling school? I found out there was a wrestling school about sixty miles from where I lived. I was living in Venice, Florida. There was a wrestling school in Tampa, and many many of your viewers will probably know the Malinkos. Yep. Um, Boris Malenko was Dean Malenko's father, and he had a wrestling school in Tampa, and he taught me how to wrestle. So I was one of those guys that gets beat up on television for 150 bucks, <laughs> and I would drive nine hours to make $150 on national television with WCW. And after one of my matches that I got destroyed in, obviously, uh, Dusty Rhodes said, I want to see you in my office. And I thought, oh, gosh, what did I do wrong? You know, I never got – Dusty Rhodes was the booker at the time. Yeah. I never, you know, never got to talk to Dusty, you know, and so I'm in his office. And he goes, "Hey, kid, anybody ever tell you you look like Little Richard?" And I thought he was talking about a wrestler, you know. So I go, "I don't know who Little Richard is." He goes, "You don't know Little Richard?" You know. And I go, "Oh, you mean the singer?" He goes, "You look just like him." And I go, "I never heard that before." Dusty goes, "I think I got a gimmick for you." Next thing you know, Dusty Rhodes. We come up with this, this character, Johnny B bad in World Championship Wrestling. And the, the memories, the greatest memories I have about that time in my life were Dusty Rhodes teaching me how to become Johnny B. Bad. The mannerisms, the voice, the you know, I'll kick your booty with my two-day fruit. You know, <laughs> all the things that were so fun about Dusty Rhodes and watching him act like how he wanted me to act, you know? It was the greatest time. So that's how I got into wrestling. And obviously I did it for 14 years on and off through injuries and ups and downs of life. And uh it was uh it was, you know, there's so much joy and so much heartache involved with it. But it was a great journey. I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: You were so engaging as a character, whether it was Johnny B. Bad initially, whether it was under the persona of Wildman or marvelous Mark Merrow. Which character most resembled? the real mark mirror
1: well you know it's a it's a i guess you know marvelous mark merrill was the you know the former i was a boxer but i was mm. never so narcissistic or demeaning to people in my life so johnny b bad was the furthest thing for me but was the most fun character to to portray so if i the one my, my favorite one obviously was johnny b bad yeah. um wild man mark merrill was really hard to um relate to because it was when they gave me that character they they thought i was able to use something like johnny B. bad at wwe but unfortunately i wasn't yep. wasn't able to because they own the character so they had to completely change it and their creative team came up with this character called wild man mark marrow and i never felt comfortable in that character i didn't i didn't didn't really relate to it you know like i remember um vince asking me if i could do like a tarzan yell like "Uh, uh," like i'm thinking what am i from the jungle who am i you know so i couldn't really relate to the character and i don't think the fans really relate to it as much as i was hoping they would but um anyways i wouldn't change it for anything you know um, I, I tell you, all the paths I've taken in my life have ended up to right where I am right yeah. now in the most content place. You know, happiness comes and goes, but being content in life is so important.
0: In the greater scheme of things, as you look back on your life, how important was the wrestling section of this journey? You got your WrestleMania moment. You enjoyed a, a level of fame and, and, and financial success. Is it important to you as you look back?
1: Absolutely, you know. Yesterday was a 23-year anniversary of my WrestleMania match at uh, of the the uh, Fleet Center in Boston. You know, wow. so people were posting pictures of it and stuff, and it reminded me of that. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously if if those doors weren't open, maybe the doors for schools and corporations mm-hmm. and churches all over the world wouldn't have been open because of maybe the notoriety I got out of that. So I couldn't be more thankful, more grateful in my life that um good or bad, I went through these these things in my life. All the paths, like I said, led to right
0: where I am now. And it's a it's a great place to be. You mentioned good and bad. I heard once the line. In the wrestling business, there are few real friends, but a lot of acquaintances. Is that a pretty fair and accurate assessment?
1: I believe it is. You know, I mean, from the business that I was in for 14 years, there's only a few people I even uh, keep in touch Mm -hmm. with. Uh, But it's it's funny how... You know, over the years, we I think we softened somewhat. Maybe people that we didn't get along with in the business, mm-hmm. I now look at as friends. You know, I, I through social media, which is amazing. You know, through Twitter or something, there's private messages that that go back and forth with me. As some of the guys that maybe I didn't even really have a relationship with mm-hmm. then, but now just respect and 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 I guess it's because we experience things in life together. And at that time, we didn't really realize because we're competing against each other. Each other, and you know, when you really think about it, Andy, there's only maybe in in a in a wrestling organization there's only maybe maybe 25 spots available for national television yeah. when you really think about it, in in a 2 hour show there's only so many spots available and if you're not ready to go, I mean, there's a hundred thousand people behind you that are. So you got to hang on to that spot, and you claw and fight your way to the top, and you don't want to give up that spot. So you do everything you can to keep that that one position that you have in 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 the organization. So it's a it's a very cutthroat business. There's a lot of political uh, jockeying, and yeah. there's a lot of rambling behind the scenes. That you know, it's a uh, it's 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 a very stressful
0: um, place to be. You've spoken previously, Mark, about the alarming use of drugs in wrestling, the loss of lives that follow, almost your own life too, sadly. Is it a period of your life you look back on with regret? Are you proud of the harsh lessons you've learnt?
1: Well, you know, there's a it's a double sided sword. I I'm very proud of, of who I look at in the mirror every day, you know? And I think about if I didn't speak up back then and some other guys that, that actually took the time to speak up and go on some national shows, things change so much. Do you realize that anyone that has ever wrestled for WWE can go to a drug and rehab organization for free? Anybody that's been in that ring can now like if I dis, if I also fell in hard times and got into drugs, I can go to a rehab center and they will pay for that. And that was that was instituted because of people that were speaking out. Mm. They now have the strictest um, Olympic drug testing that they didn't have when I was there. So maybe some lives have been saved. Now I've, on the other side, I've I've been kind of blackballed from the organization. I don't I don't I'm not going to be involved in anything, or I'm mm. certainly not going. <laughs> to be in the hall of fame (laughs) but that's okay like I said every day I can look in the mirror and be proud of who's looking back at me and I wouldn't want my
0: life any different with your lessons learned you would move into a very different career path here's our positive because your path now is so much more important so much more rewarding than a match a title or any athletic achievement ever
1: you know I we're all going to leave a legacy, you know, and mine's not going to be how much money I made or how big my house was or my cars or whatever. My legacy is going to be the difference I was able to make in someone else's life that someone's going to once say, you know, because I heard Mark Merrill speak or because he reached out to me or helped me, I'm here today and I want to pass it forward. And, you know, I may not inspire a million people, but maybe I'll inspire that one person who will inspire a million people.
0: For some, and I'll put my hand up as one of them, not every day is a good day. Not every day can we find that reason to smile or even relax. You speak to hundreds of thousands of impressionable young kids annually. What's your message generically? All
1: of us have a gift. Every one of us are are gifted in some way in life. And I really challenge people to go after dreams or goals. And, you know, sometimes when you talk to a young person, you go, what would you like to do when you you get out of school? Or do they go, I don't know, you know. And that's okay because I didn't know what I was going to do until this aha moment came into my life. But, but so many times we worry and stress about things that have never happened. Often our worries that, that, that we go through, we build obstacles in our heads that are so much bigger than they really are. And then we go through, we go, oh, I can't believe that, that I was so worried about mm. that, you know. But I also share with young people that, you know, may have had some bad chapters in their life just like I did. Many, many kids that are going through depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, being bullied or abused in their life are so worried about the future, the lockdown and the isolation they've had from this pandemic. But I tell them every day, you have to realize that you are the author of your story. You're not defined by someone else's opinion. And every day you could write a new page and those new pages... They become your new chapters, chapters like overcoming adversity, chapters like I never gave up, chapters like making a difference, chapters like me, I became successful, you know, because just because some of you have had a bad chapter is just like me. It doesn't mean it's the end of the story. Don't ever
0: give up. Mark, where does this passion come from? The passion in your delivery is the overwhelming element of your presentations You went crazy on YouTube a couple of times over the last few years. Where does this passion come from?
1: You know, Andy, it comes from um, I hope and pray that my heartache is someone else's wake-up call. And whenever I'm on stage or sharing my testimony, I actually relive moments of my life. And, for example, when I talk about my mom that passed on, I actually picture myself walking up to her casket and seeing her for the first time. And it becomes so authentic and so real with people that I cannot tell you how many thousands and thousands of letters I have received from students and parents that would tell me their kid came home from school and told them they loved them and how sorry they were or or the reconciliation of families that they never had or never, I would never talk to her again or him again or whatever it was. And so seeing them, the heart, the, the beautiful, um, the joy that comes out of these presentations. I, I mean, I go through it and I, I, I just don't want other people to suffer the pain that I suffered. And, um, cause we all go through stuff in life. Every one of us. I mean, when someone says to me, or, you know, I, one of the hardest things is with someone that's going through depression or anxiety and, and maybe parents or a counselor or friends will say, man, just get over it. You know, Depression isn't something you just get over. You have to work through it. And man, and I always tell that person, maybe you could be the the light in someone's life that could help them work through it. You know, it's a it's a tough, we're we're all in this together. This, this pandemic, this. This, you know, the, the heartache that many of us have gone through, the shutdown of businesses and, and schools and, and things that we've all been in, but we're in it, in it together. So then many times I talk to people, they feel like they're all alone. They have no one to talk to, but they have to realize that we're all in this together. You're not alone. You matter so much. Just don't give up, man. You're going to get through this.
0: I do have to ask, Mark, you found and you dedicated yourself to God and to the Bible, what is the connection, do you think, between former wrestlers and the Good Book? Because so many make that transition later in life.
1: You know, it's. I guess it reminds us of the the story in the Bible called the Prodigal Son, where you know you went off and you made lots of money and you lived a life. You had everything you thought was important in life. You know, we were so fixated on making a living, we forgot to make a life. Mm. And um, often at the expense of the loved ones that we had in our life, and sometimes, you know, you 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 come home, you you look for this this happiness in life, and you come home to find it, but sometimes it's too late. And I look at the prodigal son is finally coming home, and the father just opening his arms to him and saying, "You're home, son," and and now it's time for you to make a difference in other people's lives. And I think that's a joy that any of us that maybe have have turned our lives over to God and and have you know serves a a higher power in a sense that we've really, um, helped a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm not out there beating people over the Bible, you know, I mean, I just don't believe in that. I believe in your greatest testimonies, the way you live your life. And I hope someone could say, man, I'm, I see the joy in his heart and I see the difference he's making and, uh, I want to feel that and I want to have that in my life because happiness is a choice. I mean, I could wake up and my life's the same as everybody else's. And you go through things, you, you have, you know, um, commitments, you have certain things in life Mm -hmm. that you have to do. There's good, there's bad, the people die. There's, there's broken hearts, there's broken dreams, but you know, it's happiness for me is a choice, I, I could wake up and be miserable. And, and I tell you the hardest thing is surrounding yourself with, with really depressed or, or when I say depressed, I, I should say negative people instead mm-hmm. of the word depressed, negative people that are always doom and gloom, you know, world's coming to an end, everybody's going to die, you know, and it's like, wow, that's not like where it makes me feel good, you know, and have you ever got off the phone with someone that's just like, whether they're talking about someone else, or, or just I hate this, I can't stand this, can you believe this, you get the point, you're like, physically tired, you're like, oh my gosh, and I had to take a nap, <laughs> you know, as opposed to talking to someone that goes, man, I'll tell you one of the greatest things happened to me today. I was in a supermarket. I met this person, um, like for me yesterday at the gym, I, I walked to the gym and the locker room was, uh, uh, this, this gentleman. And he said, how are you doing today? And I go, man, I'm doing really good. He goes, me too. You know, life is like a new car smell. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> great line you know but he made me feel so good just by an, a, an a unknown inter- introduction kind of you know just a random thing you meet some guy never met him before and I walked out there and I go what a great line you know life is like that new car smell I mean
0: that's a positive attitude I'm just writing that down now as we speak <laughs> hey before we finish up Mark I do have to ask do you still watch involve yourself in the wrestling or is that book shut?
1: No, no, I, 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 I don't get to watch it that often. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very busy in my life right now, but no, um, Diamond Dale's pages are one of my closest friends and I do his DDPY yoga. And so I go over to his house and we, we work out together. And recently he's had a Darby Allen, who's a TNA champion, you know, that's been working out with us. And so when, uh, you know, after getting to know him, he would show me a little clip of some moves he did. I go, damn, I was like, I got to see this guy wrestle. So I tuned in to to see him. And he's so entertaining. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine now. And so that prompted me to want to watch him and uh, just love his character and love his attitude. And and of course, because we work out together, um, seeing him because taking the bumps and the falls that he takes, Mm. man, you got to keep Body and shape, and that's why DDPY, the yoga, is so important. It really keeps you, you know, limber and stretched out, and it really
0: helps you uh, strength train. From what you termed Mark's mess to a life-changing message, your story is one of humility, passion, and hope. It's wonderful. It's contagious. You should be extremely proud, sir. Where can we find out more about you and your work? Well, if I was still Johnny B
1: bad, I would say it's so outrageous, it's contagious. <laughs> but I won't go there. <laughs> you know, um, please, uh, you know, obviously you, you type my name on the internet. Mark, Mark is with a C, M-A-R-C-M-E-R-O. But um, our website is think pause, which is P-O-Z as in zebra. ThinkPause.org, O-R-G. Or um, obviously our YouTube channel's got a lot of uh, subscribers and that's, you know, youtube.com forward slash the Mark Merrow and check that out. And, um, and if you're a listener on this podcast, please uh, write to me and tell me you heard us on this podcast. That'd be really cool because I, I I love Australia. And like I said, my dream someday. I'll be there someday. I believe
0: dreams do come true. <laughs> Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure. I will finish by saying this. You're not a bad man. You're a beauty. Thank you. <laughs> oh, hush, Andy. <laughs> We've just been one-on-one with Mark Miro and survived. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. One-on-one drops every weekend. Make sure you come back soon.